Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone, it's GigPod181. This might be a cheerier pod than episode 180 last weekend. See, to be honest, Rizzo could probably collapse and an ambulance could be called live on this show and it would be more of a laugh than the weekend's effort there. So hopefully that doesn't happen, but if it does, trust me, if you listened to last week, I'm sure you would agree that that would be a bit more comical. So I'm Stevie and uh, yes, we are giving up our Friday night to do this. So Rizzo, what would you usually be doing on a Friday night when instead... You find yourself, sadly, podcasting. Hello, everybody. Hello, Stevie. I would probably have went to the pub, but instead, I'm doing a podcast for our wonderful listeners instead. And um, being a blue-collar man again the more anyway, so uh, I wouldn't be able to go to the pub tonight. So so there you go. And I'll leave that as obscure a reference as possible there. But yes, it's good to be back on this exciting Friday night. The transfer window's closing in a couple of hours. The Champions League draw is, was made yesterday, and we're playing Rangers on Sunday. What what a week it's been, and what a next couple of days it'll be. See, before we talk about Celtic-related things, John, I, I just have to say, during the week, and for everybody listening, and I've really asked what Rizzo does, because I always assume it's something journal-related, because he's been writing about football and Celtic for years. But Rizzo uh, revealed to me during the week that he is indeed a wookie. John, I'm not going to pry too much into your working life here but that's sensational when how did that all come about because it, i was uh getting bored with journal stuff so i thought i'll i'll do a uh, real work so uh, that that's all i'll say about that and i'm doing it again tomorrow and i might be doing it in saturday morning as sunday morning as well oh no that means i might miss some of the game what a tragedy that would be as droll as ever john thank you let's talk celtic and let's talk the latest transfer news do you want to fill the listeners in on what's been happening so far? I've laid it all out for you, 
Try and do it all in the one. I'll join. Yes. Okay. Well, it has been as usual. Uh, an interesting couple of days at Celtic. We've signed Palma, the winger, who you never know could start against Rangers on Sunday. We've also signed Nat Phillips as well. And of course, well, you were told by uh, someone we won't name who's an in the know that he might be injured and not featuring Sunday, but he did train today, so he might feature. We've got Bernard and Bernardo, Paolo Bernardo even, <laughs> from ben, from Benfica, who's signing on a, a Jota-style deal where it's a loan to buy. He's going to be number 28, but at the time of recording, he's not been announced by the club. Siad Haksabanovic is probably joining Stoke, we think, but it's not been confirmed yet. Uh, Bernabe's still here, he's not left. Ismaila uh, Soro's been sold, and uh, so has Albina Jetty. Leela Bada signed a new long-term deal, which was interesting, and we've been told by a source that we turned down a £7 million bid from Sport and Lisbon for him, and really that's a very low amount of money. We should always be doing that. There's a lot of rumours that Rio Hitati is going to be getting a new deal as well, but as yet, nothing's been confirmed. And... There's been no goalkeeper or left-back signed, which I know people have been crying out for. I did memorably state that I hope Joe Hart would never start another game for Celtic. Lucy is going to be starting every game until January at least. So it's been a busy couple of days, but unless something major th- happens, I think that the transfer window is going to be uh, an uneven one, let's say. Right, so I'll ask you about the positives then on the transfer window for Celtic so far. Starting with the... Players that are outgoing, I mean, at least, John, we've got some players out the door. And yet he had to leave. Sorrow had to go as well. I think by the time this is put out, Haksabanovic will have uh, likely left for Stoke. Or was it PAOK as well? Not sure who the other club involved were, but I think he'll probably will go to Stoke by the time this is all released and everything. In terms of getting a left-back in, I, I believe that if Burnaby leaves, then I think we'll get a left-back in last minute. But as it stands, Burnaby's still at the club. I think we had all summer to plan to upgrade in that position and why we're leaving it to the very last minute. God only knows, but it's a Celtic thing as usual, isn't it, John? We'll talk about the players that have came in and we'll talk about the new deal for Abada in a few minutes. And of course, we've got to preview the game against Rangers as well. But the players that have came in, what one excites you the most? And better question, actually, who do you think will start at Ibrox? I think it's most likely to be Palma because uh, Bernardo hasn't even trained with the club. And regarding uh, Nat Phillips, just throwing Nat Phillips into that when he's clearly not going to be 100% is a bit of a risk as well. But at the same time, similar to the Tumble situation, John, what's the alternative? You put Liam Scales in there, well, that's just going to be a nightmare as well. So I gave me your thoughts on the players we've got in and what you think kind of role they'll play on Sunday. Well, I don't think uh, Bernardo obviously be involved because at the time of recording, his deal hasn't even been announced, even though I think everybody knows he's signing. I think Nat Phillips will start. And I know it's a big gamble, but Liam Scales just hasn't got it. I mean, he was he had practically nothing to do last week, and he was still poor. So I think Phillips will start. I think Palmer will probably be on the bench, but I think he'll be involved. Because I think he's the Jota replacement, so I think he'll definitely be involved. And I think that's about it. Phillips will start, I would imagine, and Palmer will come on. But no Bernardo, he'll not be involved. He'll probably be involved when we play Dundee. First game after the break. It's been interesting. There seems to be a, a lot of desperate stuff that we've done, and it 
in the transfer in the last couple of days, and it hasn't really worked out. I mean, I suppose if we didn't have this ridiculous transfer, this ridiculous injury crisis at the back, we wouldn't even have seen that, Phillips. We still have neglected, I think, some key positions, and we've spent a lot of money as well. So I don't think it's been the best transfer window, I have to say. And also, John, I know I was on 6-7 to seven Hail Hail uh, the other night with John McGinley about it, but we've got a Champions League campaign coming up as well, and we've clearly not strengthened adequately. Me and you were talking about the fact that Joe Hart really needs to be replaced and improved upon. It's not going to happen. It's going to be another Champions League with him there. I think we're going to have probably at least one Champions League game, John, where it's going to be Phillips and Lagerbilkan, unless Narotsky or CCV make a miraculous recovery. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, we've we've no we've no strengthened anywhere near enough for the Champions League, and we saw how difficult it was last season when we didn't have our, our first our first choice centre backs playing, and it's going to be the same for the start of this campaign anyway. I mean, just in case anybody's living under a rock, the teams we got were Lazio, Atletico Madrid, and Feyenoord, and on paper there was a lot worse groups we could have got, but we've still done nothing really to improve the squad and we've seen we've signed I know you've talked about this a ton of wingers and a desperate attempt to replace Jota we've got loads and loads of wingers at the club now and as you said the left back and goalkeeping situation is just awful for the Champions League and I really don't think Brendan will be happy I mean he he has to get someone to blame for the start of this season as well because the football's been dire but he can't be happy and We've talked about this a lot. He went on and on about pace and power, but I don't think we've really bought him. That is going to bring pace and power to the team. I mean, I don't think Bernardo's that kind of player. I mean, he even said today that he's a player with a lot of potential, and for some reason we're stuck on buying players with potential, with the exception of Nat Phillips, and obviously he's signed in an emergency situation, but we're obsessed with buying players with potential and hoping we can flip them for big money, like we've done with Jota, but that happens once in a blue moon, and... I think Celtic have really made a bit of a mess of this transfer. I don't really understand the strategy. They're trying to be too smart than they already are. And if it goes wrong this season, obviously Brendan will take a lot of the blame. But I think the recruitment team, the the geniuses at the club, who have been there for too long in some cases and shouldn't be involved at all at the club in all cases, they'll have to take a lot of the blame as well. Because even Hugh Evans, I, I heard them saying that... It can't work out what Celtic are doing in this transfer window. And if somebody like Hugh Evans can see that, then they've really has problems. Yeah, one of the teams that you were talking about there, Feyenoord, there's been some Celtic fans I've been chatting to, and they've been saying that they think the doubleheader against them should be winnable. Some people even saying that we should be getting six points, and I'm like, what planet are these guys on? I mean, we saw what PSV did the other night to the Rangers, right? And Feyenoord are the champions of that league. They've went and spent nine million quid on a centre-forward, they've spent just shy of £9 million quid on a left-winger, and they've even brought in a defensive midfielder, a type of player, John, that we should be going out and actually paying proper money on to improve that midfield. They've went and done that for just shy of £8 million as well, and when you look at what they've ploughed into the Champions League, I don't know how any of our fans can turn around and say, ah, they're winnable games. Like, you've got to hope Feyenoord, Lazio and Atletico Madrid turn up, um, and that's all they think they have to do is turn up and underestimate us and we have everything going for us in order to get a result, but we'll have to be at our absolute best. And I think when I look at the squads of our opponents in the Champions League and I look at the business they've conducted over the summer so far, I think they can afford to be in a position where they don't need to be at their very best. They can still be a real threat against us. Well, we have to be 
at our best in every single department. And even then, when you look at the players that we've got, I just don't think it's going to be good enough. I mean, I don't want to talk about the Champions League too much anyway. We'll obviously do that during the international break. You know, we're recording this now. It's, what, 7 o'clock. There's still time. Still a few more hours until the window cliche incoming slams shut. I just, I just don't see it. I thought in order to, for us to get a left back in, Bernie Bay had to be out the door. And it looks like he's going to be here. Um, I'm not exactly chuffed with that. But that's what happens, isn't it, John, when you're trying to conduct all your business in the last week instead of getting this all done in the weeks beforehand. As you say, it's a mess. And all we can really do is draw a line under it. And I'd like to say we'll learn from it, but knowing Celtic, we probably won't. Yeah, we probably won't. And I was just thinking, we will talk about midfield there. The midfield is, I think, a big issue for me, and we'll talk about that more when we do the preview for the for the derby in a minute. But it, it, we've sort of neglected midfield completely, apart from like Bernardo and Home. I don't know if they're the sort of players that we need. I think we need a sort of a guy who's got like steel there. I don't mean like a guy that puts people up in the air, like Roy Keane type, but like a guy that can help McGregor, who, as we've talked about ad nauseum, is struggling badly. And I just don't think we've bought it. And I just don't know what we're trying to do. The only ta- the only transfer tactic we see me have is buy players with potential for cheap. Maybe one of them will go on to be sold for millions. And then the rest of them will be just like okay at best. That's no way to run a football club. And I genuinely think that obviously um, we're all hoping that we, we win on Sunday or get a point even. I genuinely think if we lose on Sunday... And lose badly. There's going to be a ba- a real bad reaction for the next two weeks because it, losing if you lose like a game, if you lose a derby, and then we've got a game a couple of days after, like in midweek after, it's like okay, it won't linger that much. But if we have a poor performance and a bad defeat this sun this Sunday, with two weeks to dwell on it after how we've made a mess of this transfer window, everybody's going to be under huge pressure, and it's our own fault. We've made a right mess of this. I was about to say, John, there, I completely forgot that we actually brought in that guy, Quan, as well, but let's get real here. The way it sound out of order when I say it, I just don't think he's going to cut it at Celtic. Um, right away, you can tell he isn't going to make it, but I wanted the positive news in a minute. I just want to ask you one question. Now, I expected us to bring in somebody, as you say, with a bit of steel. Brendan was talking about it for weeks, actually, bringing in somebody who was powerful. That was his words, powerful in midfield, and it's just not happened. I think the big thing that concerns me as well, John, when I look at our squad and I'm hovering over it now, there's just not a lot of leaders in there. We've lost a lot of big characters already in the summer. When you look at that squad, there's not many leaders in there. And that's what I'm worried about because it's such a young team that when we go on to play these teams in Europe, I think we're going to lack the experience in these games against Feyenoord, Atletico Madrid and Lazio. I think we're going to get let down at the fact that we've got no enough experience in that squad. People will turn around saying, ah, but it's good to have a young team. I get that, but it's also good to have a few experienced heads in there that actually can guide these players along the way in these big games that we're going to have in Europe. That's one of the things I'm worried about, that there's just not enough experience in that squad. And you've got to worry that if we do end up getting beat, that might affect the, the league form. Like, what happened to the Angels last season when they get absolutely hammered? in the Champions League and it affected the league form and I just hope that doesn't happen with us but no there isn't really any leaders I mean the now with injuries I say it's Joe Hart who's not playing well and Cal McGregor who's not playing well that is a real issue 
But then I suppose we've got one good transfer aspect to talk about. It's the fact that Leela Bada signed a new contract, we mentioned earlier, until 2027. And that's very interesting because me and you, for a long time, thought he was going to be one of the players sold this this summer. It didn't, it didn't happen. And now it seems he's going to be a mainstay for at least another year anyway. So I'll ask you the question this time as we, we switch roles here. What are you making him signing a contract until... 2027, and do you think that your favourite guy, Rio Smiler Hitati, will also follow suit and sign a new contract? Well, hopefully Johnny might just put a smile on his face if he does. Uh, it's still 50-50 on Hitati. Who knows, maybe the club will be able to deliver on that front. But I'm, I'm really happy at the Leila Bada news. I think we put up a post uh, mid-July about how we actually thought that he was off in the summer. Like, I thought when he was walking around the pitch after we beat uh, Inverness in that final, that he was away, he was very much in thanks for the memories mode. I think our entire group chat all said that. The one that you're never part of, John, you can go on about that later. But he looked really hungry in pre-season. And he's already, you know, he's had an assist and he's had a goal this season already. And while the game against St Johnston, he came on and he was dismal. The entire team were as well. Abada is a player that I just think will get better and better. I like him a lot. And I've always said to you that I think Abada is one of the best wingers that Celtic have got. Maybe the best winger we've got now, John. I mean, Yang's good, but Abada's proven it in big games for us. And he's such a good finisher as well. When he's through and going, he doesn't have to think about it. So I also read that we turned down uh, £7 million from Sporting Lisbon. And I'm glad we did. I think that's insulting. He's worth at least double that. And that's a minimum. I think he's an excellent player. Um, You'll forget his age as well. He's only 21. He is going to just get, improve and get better and better with us. And I'm glad that we turned that down because known Celtic the way we've been in the past, we've just accepted that type of stupid money from these clubs. But no, delighted that he's got a new deal. Happy that we knocked that back and hopefully he does kick on this season because we did say that he could be a big player for us under Brendan. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Yeah, it could be. Uh, it will be interesting to see how he... How he feels this season, because we've got a number of options now in the room. We've got loads of wingers. But the fact that he's signed a new contract means that he's going to be, you would think, a, a mainstay of the team. And I suppose, talking about the mainstay of the team, we'll need to talk about the Derby on Sunday, a game which Leela Bada might indeed start. A player who hasn't got the best record at Ibrox against Rangers. He's good against them at Celtic Park, obviously, but he's not, not really done much at Ibrox. You've uh, heard me be quite worried about this pod, this game uh, on the pod and off the pod. What are, what are your thoughts as we as we as we record the now like thirty six hours or something until the kickoff? What, what are your thoughts now about this game on Sunday? Which, as you know, I have not been looking forward to at all. But that was last weekend, and as I said, or rather, as John McGinley said last night, that the world of football in Glasgow and the clubs involved can just change dramatically on a game-by-game -game basis very quickly. So last weekend, me and you were on a downer, thinking getting into Ibrox. Can't even think about watching that. It's going to be a nightmare. Rangers fans were probably on a high. 
we've dropped points, they've won at Ross County, they've got a chance to go two points clear at the top of the league because they were all very buoyant. Um, unlike them, of course, uh, trying to be bullish about it, forgetting the fact that you know, you look in the last few years, that every time they've always went into games against us, overconfident, look what happens, we scud them. So after watching them during the week against PSV, I saw so many glaring deficiencies in their team as well. They're not going to strengthen this week, so their team against PSV is pretty much, that's it, that's the best you're getting. I'm also not naive enough to think that PSV wouldn't have done the same against us. They would have battered us, they're a class apart. I mean... The money in that Dutch league's frightening compared to what we get over here. And PSV just took them apart. It honestly could have been 10 if it wasn't for Butland. But I just think the fact that because there's no Celtic fans there, thanks Rangers, is going to, it's going to play a big part in the result. Every time that's happened and there's been no Celtic fans at Ibrox, it's been twice. 2021, the Hollander game. That was Angie's... Uh, First game against them, actually. And then there was the one last season where we could beat 3-0 when Anne's just mentally checked out and so did the rest of the team. So I think that is going to play a big factor in things. And of course, the fact that our, one of our best players is missing, as I saw one as well. So we've got CCV out, we've got Narotsky out, uh, Hitati is our best midfielder and he's, he's missing. I think the best result we could get would probably be a draw. But I know you probably feel differently. If we didn't have all these terrible injuries, I think we'd win. I mean, I don't think the fan stuff would matter. If we had CCB, Hitati, I think we'd win. We've not got the aim, so obviously that's a big problem. And I'm worried that we're going to get humped, basically. Um, I just don't trust any area of this Celtic team now. I'm no... Well, we, uh, if we want, what we could do now is pick a, a predicted lineup. Would you like to do that, Stevie? You go first. Right, so here's what I think will be the lineup. Know what I would play. Here's what I think will be the lineup. I think it'll be Joe Hart and goal. I think the back four will be Taylor, the Baron, Phillips, and AJ. I think in midfield, it'll be Turnbull, O'Reilly, and McGregor. And up front, I think it'll be uh, DM, Abada, and Kyogo as the lone striker, or rather the, the guy that plays as a false nine and doesn't get in the box anymore for us and if that is the team I think it's just going to be awful because that midfield is just going to be comprehensively outbeaten because none of them are fast paced they're all slow and I just think that the likes of Cantwell and Raskin will just cut through them Cantwell especially I know people going on about him but I think he's a good player and I unfortunately think he could do a job for them I mean if I was looking at the teams equally I'd say that at the moment they've got a better goalkeeper a better midfield and the defence and strikers, I'd say, are about even, which I, I can't really believe when you look at last season and only like three or four months ago. So that's the team I think that Brendan will pick, and I think if he does pick that team, we're just going to get ran through. So what are your thoughts on what the team will be? The same team that you've said, although I do think Palma is going to get a start ahead of Dyson. I think Dyson's been dismal this season, other than the game against Aberdeen. And that was only really for first half, wasn't it? I think he'll play Palmer. I think he'll start him for that. And I think in midfield, it can't be Tumble. It just can't. Um, I, I don't know who he'll play in there, but it just can't because logically he should be playing Awata, McGregor and O'Reilly. But I think the ship sailed for Awata. He doesn't fancy him. And I wouldn't be surprised if he left in January, which is just another thing I can't really get my head around with Brendan Rodgers because you know how highly I rate him. Jelly player of the year, he's not a dud and for some reason, Brendan just doesn't trust him, I want to play him, so if it is Tumbo that starts in that midfield 
then I will concede that, that that's a massive problem for us and we're on the back foot already. And I don't get this joy out of criticising Celtic players like that. I, I'd, I'd love it big time if Tumble had an absolute stormer and shut myself in Reed's lot. I'd be happy with that. I really would. But I just can't see it. Midfield against them, they've got so much more energy than us. And what's key to note, John, is the fact that the way they play is all through the middle. They, they don't play with any width. They've, they've got no wingers at all. They just play through the middle. It's, it's either a big long punt from the back from Goldson or Sutter, and it's right through the middle from Raskin to Cantwell, and then they burst from there. They don't play wide, so everything's all going to be going through our midfield, and that's where we're at our weakest. And that's what I do worry about, unless we obviously get someone in in the next few hours, but I severely doubt it. So yeah, I, I share your concerns with David Tumble. Having watched Rangers against PSV, though, one of the weaknesses they've got that they've had for several seasons, John, as your good pal have. Well, yeah, him and Barisic, and I've seen that Barisic is fit to play. I mean, we could get joy against them. And because I think, like, Abada, like, at Celtic Park, he's played excellently against them. So, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Abada and Palmer or Dyson, whoever it is, give the Rangers fullbacks a hard time because they'll know the best defensively. But my, my worry is, and I've talked about him before, Joe Hart having to deal with the crosses. Unfortunately, uh, Tav and Barisic are, at times can be excellent at crossing the ball. And what did I say? I was going to uh, close my eyes every time Rangers had a set piece against us because I, I just don't trust Joe Hart now. He played uh, better against Aberdeen and Kamarnock wasn't really had anything to do, even though we did give away a goal. St. Johnson made a couple of decent saves. But it's an issue. There's issues all over the pitch with this team, which is wonderful when you're going to play Rangers in your next game. I mean, there's problems in goal, problems in defence, problems in midfield, and problems in attack because Brendan is not utilising Kyogo the way Kyogo should be utilised. So it's not it's not been the best of build-ups to the game, but I don't know, maybe Brendan, he's, we know he's paid a fortune, maybe he'll be working on a tactical master plan this week and he'll get us a great result. I know that I, an unnamed colleague girls thinks that that's what Brendan will do, but uh, I've got my doubts about that. But no, I, I definitely am not going to be watching it when Rangers have got a, a corner or a set piece near the goal. I'm just going to close my eyes and uh, hope for the best. <laughs> I was going to ask who you think they'll go way up front. I think they'll probably play two up top, which makes sense considering our defence now um, is untested and it's relatively new when you look at the centre-half. So there's probably going to be one making their debut who's not 100% fit. That is a fact. And we've got the Baron who has looked solid enough, but he's a wee bit slow as well. He's not the quickest. And I think they'll probably try and rough him up. But I don't know if they'll play Daniel. I think they'll play Roof. I think they'll start Roof. But I don't know if they'll play Danilo or Dessels because that Dessels is garbage. Saw him several times this season. Because John, yes, I watched plenty of Rangers games because I'm an obsessed Celtic fan. But he's terrible. He's absolutely atrocious. And I wouldn't be surprised if they started with... Danilo to do the roughhousing tactic on him. I think they'll go two up top. If that is the case, I'm expecting nothing but punts and hoofs and crosses for wide, to be honest with you. All good. I haven't really seen enough of Rangers this season. I've not got TNT sports, so I didn't watch the game the other night. I think Roof will definitely play because he seems like their best forward. Not sure who else will play alongside him. But I mean, I think their most dangerous players will be, as ever, their captain, Marvellous, in the Hall of Fame, Barisic, and can't we? He's the other best three players, and we'll need to try and stop with them. But I'm just not sure if we can. And we 
we need to, I don't know, I don't know if we'll maybe try and hit in the break, we'll just, I don't know, I, I'm really not even sure what the team will be, so it's going to be a strange game, because both teams are not playing well, both managers are under pressure, which is I think the first time Sam in a long time in a Celtic Rangers game, so it's definitely going to be a, a tense, nervy affair to start with, I think. Watching PSV and how they got their goals against them though, it was just quite passing, John, they were just so mobile. They were just so athletic and they just cut through Rangers with ease just by just passing and moving. And they were just so quick when they were doing it. And I mean, it's easier said than done because you'd love to see Celtic do it. And there was a time Celtic were very good at doing that in midfield uh, under a manager not so long ago who fucked off to the English Premiership. But when you're watching this Celtic team, it's just like, it's it's the entire opposite. It's so slow moving the ball through midfield and it's frustrating because seeing how easy PSV did it, just by doing the basics, you're thinking, surely... You know, if we can do that on Sunday, just cut through them just by playing fast, incisive football. That's all it really takes because, I, honestly, Goldson and Suter, as much as I'd say we're not going to get any joy against them in the air, see wherever the ball was just zipped in behind them. They were lost every time. And whoever plays at left-back, I mean, I know you're saying Barisic is fit because I was hoping it would be that boy Sterling. When he came on, he looked terrible against them as well. So I'm a bit gutted that Barisic is fit. But even then, you know, Abada, if he does turn up, who's got the ability to rip him apart. And it got me thinking too, John, because I know the way you are getting into this game. When was the last time going into a game against them at Ibrox? There was a Celtic side that got a result that was so unfancied that nobody thought of, because I'm thinking off the top of my head, and there's only really two stand out, which was the Lenin game in 2011, Samara Sunday, and then the one before it, the Lou McCarry game in 1993. Do you remember the ones I'm on about? Uh, Lou McCarries was his first game in charge, and uh, Brown O'Neill scored an injury time the winner. The Samaras game, I was so certain we were going to get hammered that I got offered a ticket and didn't take it and watched it in the pub instead, which was a, a regret. But no, I mean, I'll just talk briefly about the Samaras game. I think that is similar because we had so many players out. Gary Hooper was out, Scott Brown was out. I think Paddy McCourt played up front. That's how bad the injury crisis was. And we got a, one of our best wins ever at Ibrooks, and uh, I think I vomited copiously that night. So, no, it would be pretty similar, and uh, who knows? I tell him McGrew was uh, in left mid, as uh, I've just been informed as well, which is very rarely played. Dan Mistorovich and uh, Thomas Rogan at the back. My goodness, two, two uh, I was going to say legends, but they weren't the legends. <laughs> no, that was a, a very unexpected win. And I think this weekend would be on a par with that. And I don't know, Brendan's a better manager than Lenny. I don't think anybody's doubting that. So, And Brendan's getting this big money, as I've said. So it's up to him to come up with a solution. A patchwork select team to get a win, which would just be phenomenal. To go four points clear and really put Michael Beal under massive pressure. Whereas if I think Rangers win, I think he'll still be under a bit of pressure. But Brendan, I think he'll be under a lot of pressure. Because if, if we if we don't score, it'll be the first time since 1994 that we've went three domestic games without scoring a goal in a row. So there's something for us to try and avoid. A nice wee fact there. Thank you for that, John. Who were the games in 1994, by the way? I actually don't know, so writing them off for me. I bet was Falkirk one of them. I think I read it was Kamarnock and Partick Thistle. I think it was. and But I mean, I think that season, 1994-95, Tony Burns' first, we had like... 15 or 16 draws in a row or something ridiculous like that so we didn't play, but I think we finished fourth that season as well so that says it all right well we're going to leave you now but we're going to have to do our predictions our shoot predictions 
Uh, no, well, I don't. I don't want to predict a Celtic defeat. Of course, that that, that wouldn't be right. So I'm going to go for a an unlikely one-one draw. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go for a draw as well. Although I said it would be a Desmond two-two. And if it is a draw, I'd be more than happy with that. And uh, we could go into the break, still top of the league, which is what we want. Right, so the last thing we need to talk about, and I'm going to let you talk about it because you're the man about football strips. This new uh, anniversary hoops kit that people are going crazy over that's sold out right away, which is about 100 times better than our actual Celtic home kit for this season. Give me your thoughts on that because I know you love it. And I can't remember, did you manage to get one or not? Jonathan, I sure did. I got an email notification for Celtic that it was out in sale. Woke up the day about quarter to eight or something. The first thing I did was go right on the queue. I've been dreaming of this top being released for ages. I actually, I was mortified when that new kit came out. And I thought to myself, it's one of the, look at what they've done to my boy. I still maintain that anyone who is wearing that current home kit or they've went out and bought it, they're just doing it for attention or to be different because it's terrible and there's there's no getting around it. There's no getting away from it. It's a disgrace, pure and simple. But this one that came out, the one to celebrate 120 years of the hoops, masterpiece. The reason I got it is because I'll never need to buy another Celtic kit again. Home kit anyway, John. Away kits and third kits. So in training stuff, I'll still go mental about, you know me. I will never need to buy another Celtic home kit again because the one that they released today, that's it. That is the Celtic kit. That's all we've ever been asking for as fans. Timeless classic. They're probably never going to release something like that ever again. I think the closest that if ever came to something like that would be the second season Brendan one. The one where it was the Daffabet was in gold in the 17-18 season. I thought that was a lovely kit. But this one is probably the last home Celtic kit I'll buy until Adidas do another screamer maybe in five years. But no, honestly, that's the reason I got it. It's an absolute belter and I'm not surprised that it's sold out because I think most sane Celtic fans along the same lines of myself you right away, that is one that you buy because there's never going to be anything better than it. Just like there's never going to be a Celtic podcast better than Gigpod. There you go. What a way to end the show. Right, so thank you, Stevie, as ever, for being on the pod. You know where to get us by now on the usual podcast platforms, etc., etc. You can leave us reviews and tell us how great we are. You can catch Stevie on Instagram at Gigpod, and if he's still doing threads, that website that burned brightly very briefly but now nobody cares about you can catch him on threads at gigpod we'll be back on uh, on sunday at some stage with a review of the game oh wonderful who knows now we'll be talking about a, a samurai sunday style win this time it'll be we've not got any place starts with an ace this time have we hopefully make it a sunday on this occasion unless i've completely forgot somebody a tumble triumph there you go after all my criticism for him he'll be the man maybe not Right, so thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back after the derby at the weekend. Good luck to Celtic. Don't let us down. Prove us wrong. We'll speak to you all soon. Hail, hail.
Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.